Hello, everyone, and welcome to this B2B Marketing podcast. Uh, my name is David Rowlands. Uh, I'm the editor at B2B Marketing, um, and I'm joined today by Charlie Nicholson, who is the head of planning at Really B2B, and Christina Hadrill, who is the group count, uh, group accounts director, sorry, at Really B2B. Um, we're here today to discuss two of Really B2B's campaigns for Kettle Irish Foods, which is part of the Linden Food Group, and for M&S Corporate Gifts. Now, both these both these campaigns rather won awards at the recent B2B Marketing uh, Awards back in November 2020. Um, so what we want to do today is just find a little bit more information about them, you know, why they did so well and, you know, hopefully what you guys can take from that. So I'm not going to waffle on too much longer because I'm sure no one really wants to hear that. We want to hear from the people who really know what they're talking about, which Charlie and Christina. Um, so Charlie, do you want to just introduce yourself first of all and, and just say a little bit about you and, and anything that might be of interest to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, um, so like Dave says, I'm Charlie. I'm head of planning at Really B two B, which basically means that um, we look after the strategy side when we've got new prospects coming in and working out what we think is the right fit of our product services for what their need is, and matching it to that, and then continuing to work with them when actually they become clients of us. So we're constantly bringing in all the new innovations and everything we're doing for our clients and giving them the best service possible. Brilliant. And Christina, what about you? Would you just like to introduce yourself to our, our listeners, if that's okay? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Dave. Um, yeah, so as Dave said, I'm a group account director at Really B2B. I've been with Really for coming up five years. And um, my role is really to um, oversee all the projects that we deliver for the clients, work very closely with the planning team and strategy and creative teams in order to deliver on those projects and keep everything running smoothly for everybody. Brilliant. Well, it looks like everything's been running smoothly so far. I mean, you have won two awards at our, at our recent show, so keep up the good work. That's why I say. Okay. Um, so let's jump into it, shall we? So, Charlie, I've got first question for you on the Kettle Irish Foods campaign. Can you just give us an overview about, you know, what the campaign for Kettle was? You know, what was Kettle trying to achieve in the first place? You know, what challenges were they were they facing from the outset? Yeah, sure. So it all started back in 2017. Uh, Guinness were trying to grow their share of the food market and agreed a partnership with the Linden Food Group, which is the owner of Kettle Irish Foods, the brand. Um, they agreed the partnership that they could be the solo licensee of Guinness Burgers. So Linden and decided to use their premium brand, Kettle, to push that product to market. But after about two years, they'd had little to no success and not been able to prioritize it as a project with their account managers because they were very time poor. And frankly, they simply didn't have the evidence to justify a buyer taking on the new product, especially given there was a slightly restricted perceived target of a Guinness drinker. Um, so they needed to make a decision, basically, whether they were going to continue to invest in this product or cut their losses. And that's when Maurice, the MD of Kettle, got in touch with us. He knew about us and knew that we pride ourselves on our candor so he could trust us to give him a frank answer on whether or not they should proceed with this. And so we went away, reviewed their challenge and the market, and we felt there was an opportunity for them, created our framework to give it one last try. And I guess the rest is history. Fair enough. So, I mean, obviously the, the campaign, it, it won gold for best use of customer insight at the B2B Marketing Awards. So can you give us a little bit more detail about how you 
gathered and, and used customer insight to help deliver this campaign? Yeah, well, I mean, needless to say, all our campaigns are founded on research and insight. And whilst every client and every campaign is different, the principles are the same. And we're looking for the insights to inform the key, four key pillars of who's the target they're going after, what's the optimum message we need to deliver to that target, what's the right channel mix to communicate it through, and when. What was different about this campaign is the level of insight we needed to create that optimum message. So firstly, we did persona research. Kettle were very clear on who they needed to target. It was buyers. Buyers in wholesalers, retailers, pubs and catering. So we worked with them to form a persona doc for these different buyers, conducting desk research, interviews, personality profiling, disc research into them. This enabled us to understand their pain points and what tone and content we needed to justify them listing a new product. And it highlighted an opportunity in that they always, these buyers always were tasked to expand and improve on their offering, but it came with a standout challenge that they were required to show evidence that there was enough demand for the product to justify the distribution. So a classic catch-22, if you like, of MPD. So we just realized that we needed to gather this evidence and in order to do so, we conducted a huge quantitative survey of over a thousand consumers, asking them about their perception of the product, likelihood to purchase it in different situations, and of course their demographics, and importantly, how often they drink Guinness, which enabled us to quantify the demand by region, demographic, and affinity to Guinness. So, spoiler alert, but the results spoke for themselves, showing there was huge demand for the product at 83% overall, even amongst non-Guinness drinkers. Um, but our insight didn't stop there. We actually gathered their expectations on where they would be able to buy it. And with the majority of our respondents name checking the key target lists, we now had the evidence we needed. And this was it. This was the silver bullet of insight Kettle had been looking for. Next, we just needed to package it up and land it with our target. Brilliant. And if, if any of our listeners are wondering, I, I urge you to have a look at the campaign. Um, it's no wonder the you know they have done well. I mean, the, the food looks great. So I will say that. Um, and so with all that in mind, Charlie, you know, what tactics and strategies did really B2B employ to help Kettle overcome these challenges and achieve those goals? So this is where our account director, Claire Rhodes and her team and our in-house studio really came into their own. Given the time poor nature of the audience, we knew we needed a multi-channel campaign with a clear and consistent delivery of this insight. And using our proprietary access to data providers, we knew the exact person to talk to in each target. The overarching campaign we landed on was the world's first, which tapped into that buyer objective I talked about to improve and expand on their offering. And we created an infographic with the key insights from the consumer survey, built a landing page to host it, and used a call to action of arranging a tasting session. Again, this was leaning on the insight that tasting the product is key to realizing its quality. So we then drove our target to this page through multiple channels. We had an in-depth multi-funnel email campaign, copywritten, built and sent by us, a high-quality direct mail campaign, which we designed, created and dispatched, and a social campaign, which again was managed by us. All of this was supported by our dedicated telemarketing resource. So in short, over a short period of time, our use of multiple channels and concise messaging guaranteed we were able to land these killer insights with our target. Sure. So you've obviously given us a little bit of information about what the campaign, you know, consisted of, you know, what you're trying to sell, the challenges they were facing. Um, so just kind of bringing it full circle, what results did Kettle Irish Food see 
Are there any clear metrics you can share that demonstrate the success of the campaign? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we hang our hats on our ability to report and show return on investment. And at the outset of this, we agreed a target of 18 marketing qualified leads and nine appointments. We actually landed 40 marketing qualified leads and 35 appointments, so beating our appointment target by 389%. But what's more is the quality of these appointments. Kettle and I in conversations with the likes of Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Iceland, as well as multiple wholesalers and pub chains, in all the pipeline is worth over £3 million, which yields a very significant ROI versus the cost of our activity. And importantly, leaves Maurice in no doubt about the potential of the product going forward. Okay, so a, a hugely successful campaign then. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, listening to all the um, all those results you've just listed. So with that in mind, it's obviously a hugely su- successful campaign um, and you'll obviously have tons of other work in future for, for numerous clients. So what learnings have you taken from that campaign uh, that you think you'll apply to future campaigns? Um, so... As I said at the beginning, we pride ourselves on our candor, and that's key. Our confidence to be completely honest with our clients is the reason we have the faith of some of the biggest brands who know we'll tell it to them straight. With regard to the campaign, we always bang the drum of how essential insight is, and this campaign was no exception. Our ability to rapidly uncover and deliver such significant insights was the foundation this needed. But the execution was spot on as well. A testament to our studio and account team and the relationship they created with Maurice and his team. And our best campaigns are when we perfectly mirror the needs of the client. So this campaign showed our ability to bring a previously unproven product to market in a very short space of time. And with a proven methodology, we're now excited to be doing much more of the same. Brilliant. Well, just a quick note to our listeners. I'm sure you're all wondering what's happened to Christina. I can assure you she is still with us in the room. Um, We're now going to move on and talk a little bit about Really B2B's other campaign, which is for M&S Corporate Gifts. Now, this campaign won most commercially successful campaign at our recent award show in November. So, I mean, that's quite a quite a title. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree. So, Christina, just to bring you into the fold a bit. Can you just give us an overview of the campaign for M&S Corporate Gifts? You know, again, just like with um, with Kettle Irish Foods, what were they trying to achieve in the first place and what challenges were they facing? Yeah, of course. Um, so we've been working with M&S for quite a few years now. And uh, over this time, we focused on building up the awareness of their corporate gift card offering. Um, and that's across a wide range of businesses, both public and private sector. Um I'm sure many people know of M&S. They've got a very strong brand presence in the UK and got um, gift cards are obviously commonplace in our day-to-day society, probably more so now. Um, but our key challenges was really to show that the gift cards and e-gift cards are suitable and transferable into the corporate world. So now we know that um, sales teams use gift cards to thank customers for their loyalty. So reward new customers who've come on board and those ones who are um, frequent purchasers. And we know that HR departments use them to say thank you to their employees. And that can be either as a as a one off um, piece or um, as part of a regular employee reward and um, motivation scheme. So we know that M&S has got quite a large product range from food to home furnishings and clothes, etc. So from a gift card perspective, we know that the recipient could probably always find something that they want um, and that's meaningful to them. 
So going back to kind of the early stages of the campaign, it was to generate awareness. And then we wanted to position M&S as the go-to partner for a corporate gift card. And then we also wanted and needed to make the customer journey as easy as possible so that we could help generate the revenue for the M&S sales team. And whilst gift cards are beneficial all year round, there is a clear peak season in the months leading up to Christmas. So the focus for us was to generate and nurture those businesses through so that they would then convert during the peak season. So it's really finding the right point um, of time for them to purchase. Sure. Okay. so with all that in mind, then, what tactics and strategies did did really be to be employed to help M&S corporate gifts overcome those challenges and actually achieve those goals? Yeah, as Charlie said earlier, our activity is heavily insight and data driven. Um, We're really lucky that we've got a wide range of data sources that we can use to get under the skin of our prospects. So no matter what size they are or what industry they're from, we can find out quite a lot about them. And that means that our plans can be delivered using the right channels and the messages that really resonate with the target audience, no matter who they are. Um, For this campaign, each year that we've worked with M&S, we just um, develop a specific campaign theme. And that's based on previous learnings and the insights that we know about the target audience. The last campaign that we ran was Be Unforgettable, the theme that we had for it. And um, in today's transactional world, taking the time to show your appreciation as a gesture is something that is unforgettable. It's something that would really resonate with employees as well as customers. So the unforgettable aspect of the campaign theme worked really well, both for M&S, because gifts from M&S are unforgettable. There's a wide range. Um, And also we wanted the businesses themselves to be unforgettable to whoever their target audience was as well. This um, theme really helped us to cut through the gift card market and it reinforced M&S as the go-to partner for providing those um, corporate gift card schemes. And we use the theme to tie in all of our creative and our messaging. Um, The approach that we take, as Charlie mentioned, is to always optimise all the channels that we use. We ensure that we or we want to ensure that we deliver a good return on our clients' investments. And as you saw from Kettle, that's something that we take pride in. So we continue to adapt our approach and we utilise a number of different channels. So for this campaign, we use direct mail, email, social, PPC, amongst others. And whilst we had a plan that initially covered the, the full 12 months, what we do is as we're starting through the activity, we then are able to adapt, benefit from the, the insights that we, we uncover as part of the, the scheme. And, uh, and we can make changes to the, uh, the messaging or the channels that we're using. So we are really responding to customer demand. Um, we also had quite a detailed approach in terms of our segmentation. So we're unable to un- identify specific audiences that were responding well to the different messages that we had. And so it's this agile approach that allows us to increase the engagement. And then we can leverage sales at key moments that's appropriate to the audience and also obviously delivers that revenue that M&S are wanting. Sure. OK, well, with all that in mind, I mean, in some ways, I think you, you, you've you touched upon answering this anyway, but I'm, I'm going to give you quite a broad question. Really B2B won gold for most commercially successful campaign at the B2B Marketing Awards in November last year. So why do you think the campaign was so successful if you had to really pin it down? 
Um, I can't pin it to one specifically. So I think it was a combination of a number of factors. So learning from previous activity, having a really strong, dedicated account team that knew both the client and the target audience inside out, and also the ability that we all had to respond to the market factors. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a really good relationship with Marks and Spencers. And because we've worked with them for a number of different years, we were able to dig a bit deeper and gain some really good insights. So we took some learnings um, in terms of what they were seeing on the consumer side of their business. And we could match them against what we knew about our target audience. And the outcome of that was some really strong messaging. So we developed a really good high, um, messaging hierarchy. And we knew that that resonated with our target audience groups. And that helped us to keep the engagement high throughout the campaign, no matter what channel we were using. And again, for this campaign, it was a multi-channel approach. So we used a combination of content-led activity and that delivered a halo effect, creating the brand awareness and the product awareness that product awareness that we really needed. And then we followed that with a more personalized sales message approach. And that pushed the audience down the marketing funnel and converted them. So when they met the right time, right place type criteria, they were ready to, to buy and we could then pass them over to the Marks and Spencer sales team. Um, it was also the highly engaging content that we were able to deliver, and that made us stand out from our competitors. And we use that across direct mail, social and email. And um, it provided us with a good level of cut through when it was a particularly busy time of year for gift for the gift card industry. OK, great. So, you know, you've obviously talked a lot about how the campaign did so well and, and the challenges it helped to overcome. So what exact, you know, what results did M&S Corporate Gifts see? Are there any clear metrics you can share that really just demonstrate how the campaign was so successful? Um, unlike on the, the Kettle Foods example that Charlie took you through earlier, we didn't have um, defined previous key or previously defined key metrics. Um, however, the main objective of the campaign was to deliver a high impact integrated campaign that resonated with the audience and obviously drove the sales for the M&S team. Um, we weren't given a specific target, but there was an unofficial target that um, bounced around throughout the campaign between us and the client. Um, it was a kind of a nice to have, but probably you guys, you won't achieve it. So, you know, do your best type thing. Um, and that target was generating £1.5 million worth of sales. But we like a challenge, it really. So that is definitely what we aimed for. Um, the results were brilliant. The campaign generated nearly £2 million in revenue. So we smashed that £1.5 million target. And that was the equivalent of just over 1,500% return on investment. And in addition to those sales, we delivered a 114% increase on orders, 2.1 million impressions on social media, and a really high conversion rate from direct mail of 55%. So I'm pleased to say that we surpassed our target, so much so that we gave the sales team something more to worry about than just generating the sales. It was about fulfilling the orders at the end of the day as well. Sure. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm glad to hear you've you've absolutely smashed that target by, what, half a million pounds. So yeah. fantastic. Um, OK, with that in mind, then, you know, what lessons can you take from that campaign, do you think, that you can apply to future campaigns? Um, I think it has to be the multi-channel approach and responding to the changes in the key metrics. So by getting under the skin of the target audience, we were really able to adapt to their needs, adapt the messaging and adapt the channels that we were using. And when you combine this with the continuous optimization that we do as standard throughout our campaigns and across our channels, you can see how small changes can make a big difference. 
if the results weren't what we expected, we then looked to see what the variables were, then we could make some changes, no matter whether that was to copy or to um, the channels. Um, and then we could monitor the subsequent engagement levels. Again, we were quite lucky that because we had near, near real-time feedback from the MS sales team, so we could actually see if the, if the things that we were doing were making a difference in terms of the revenue. So by being able to track and respond in this way, we're able to ensure that our focus was on the target audience and the channels and that those were the ones that were giving us the best returns. Once we had those core channels that were delivering, we were able to test other channels to see how well they behaved. And for us, a, an account like this, it's really the, the truly integrated campaign that's the best approach for it. And we're so lucky that so many of the brands that we work with trust us to delve into the kind of unproven channels to see how far we can go to generate the revenues that are required for their business. So we've got a really good relationship with our clients. Great, great news. Um, okay, guys, well, I think we're kind of coming up to about the, the end of end of our time today. Just before we really wrap things up, has anyone got any final thoughts, anything you would say to our audience while, you, while you've got them? You know, there's no pressure here, just anything you, you might kind of say that anything that they can take away from these two campaigns. I mean, obviously, they've done enormously well. Yeah. What advice would you have, do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, like we say, it's it's all about the insight, starting with the insight and making sure that you've got the foundations in place and then actually considering the channels that you're going to use to execute and just making sure it always leads back to that insight. You're saying the same messages that you really need to land with them. Um, but the, the biggest takeaway, frankly, is if anyone's got any questions or anything they want to ask about this, do just drop us a note. Come on the Really B2B website or I'm Charlie Nicholson. Find me on LinkedIn and send us a message and we're happy to have a conversation about any of this with any of you. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure they'll be glad to hear that. I'm sure your uh, inbox will be filling up any any minute now. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. Um, just you know, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for taking the time to take part in this podcast, and thank you to our audience. Um, anyone listening, I will say the podcast is available on our website, of course, um, but there will be also be a full write up of it. In addition to this, if you want to learn more about these case studies, really look at the information, get it all all written down in front of you for, uh, for reference. If you head to the case studies section of our site, you'll find it all there alongside all the other winners at our recent award shows. So my name is Dave Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Charlie. And thank you, Christina. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks very much, Dave. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.